The views and opinions expressed on the Poor Ass Podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BME Recovery Content Productions. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. And on that note, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I have a new website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes. That's www.poraspodcast.com. So if you hear vcomedy.com, that is the old website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes and enjoy the show thanks for listening thanks for supporting bye So today's topic is filmmaking on a budget. Yes. So Jonathan. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> I am here and present. Awesome. Yes. So, um, yeah, a little bit of drama setting up the uh, recording. Uh, we are actually sharing a mic. And, hey, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> it. It works. You know, it's how you do things on a budget. You, you make things work and <laughs> you have the microphone and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Making movies throughout the Bay. Yes. It is. Uh, it's a Bay Area film community collaborative. I just started uh, getting involved with them about a year, a year before I moved to Portland. Um, it is the founder, CEO is El- Elena Altman, and I, I've been following her for, year, for years. Uh, we, are, we are actually recording live in front of a Starbucks, Yes. Uh, so I apologize for, for the traffic in the yeah. background. It's part, it's part of what makes it a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful situation, a beautiful thing. Y'all are here with us at the Starbucks. You're all here with us. Making so. it work. Maybe we can do ADR later. Yeah. After we're done shooting the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so making movies throughout the Bay. I, I've been following Elena for several several, several years now on online. Um, I was already doing uh, stand-up and thought this idea was really cool. But I myself, I just wasn't ready to go to the film challenges until maybe a year or two ago. I went to a screening and I saw the films, and that's where I first saw you. Oh, yeah? I first saw you at one of the screenings. At one of the screenings? Yeah. I don't remember you, won an, you, you before. You won an award. I, I'm sure I did. <laughs> you have won several <laughs> awards at making movies throughout the Bay. Yes, I've won a plethora of awards so, from uh, MMTV for, yeah, these challenges. So I'm what What yeah. film did you see? I, I think I saw, the, I saw the one, the musical. Oh, The Walk in the Park. The Walk in the Park. It was... Okay. The, I, I believe it was the first musical movie that ever. won, ever created, I ever guess. Ever created, yes. And, and it won. <laughs> yeah. um, talk about, like, how how did you get involved with um, MMTV and, and filmmaking? Well, I mean, kind of similarly to, like, what you described as your, your story, right? I was living in Los Angeles, and I saw the group on Facebook, and I became part of the group, right? Um, and was following what they were doing just online very much from a distance. And then um, moved out here for work for completely unrelated reasons. And, uh, you know, they showed up in my queue again in my, like, Facebook thread. Mm-hmm. And I was just in a spot where I'm like, oh, I'll go check this out. Just having, having enough, like, openness to see what was going on. 
And I showed up, and Elena was like, you don't have the right gear, you can't direct. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll act. Just very flexible and being open-minded and willing and all that, right? <laughs> Just do whatever. And uh, so I, like, acted a couple times and, like, wrote a couple times and, like, a year later started directing. So, yeah, very much the same story. <laughs> and uh, one of the reasons... I think that's one of my regrets that I I wish I should have gotten involved a lot a lot sooner. But in anything, when you're ready, when you're ready to re- when you're ready, you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about making movies throughout the Bay is that as as an actor, if you want to get serious about your career, it, it's like you have to have a reel. And sometimes when you get trying to find projects that that you could add to your reel um getting those clips can be can be a challenge mm-hmm. um with making movies throughout the bay you there's a monthly film challenge and getting footage for your reels it's a lot quicker than just a- answering a random film project ad there's yeah. there's i've gotten in working with you there's I've been on three film three of your three of your films three of them yeah the um there was the ghost one the ghost which unsettled is called un- unsettled spirit unsettled spirit and un- is playing festivals around Oakland and the bay area now crossing fingers <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was unsettled spirit uh mm-hmm. throw the ball and run yes and i'm trying to remember that i think it was I, just I mem- two just two. Oh, it, it might was have been two. three. I don't know. Like I'm, I yeah. You might you very crank well them be out. right. You crank them out like a machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, in okay, it's the, very much a catharsis for me. I just do it for my own emotional and spiritual satisfaction. How many film? <laughs> how many films have you have you made working with making movies throughout the Bay? Um, can I just say dozens and leave the answer at that? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I don't know off the top of my head. But some of them, I mean, the beauty of MMTB for me is that it's an opportunity to try something, like, experimental. And, like, I don't have a lot of the... Because of the the challenge format, you know, it's making a a short film in six hours and Mm -hmm. shooting and writing and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So because of that, like, there's sort of this... I don't want to... I'll just say it. The bar's set pretty low. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it, right? Is it's sort of got this caveat. So it gives me a little bit more opportunity to, like, try experiments that I'm not sure if they'll work or not. Like, you know, you mentioned the musical. Like, I'm going to make a musical. Why not? <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, like, my a lot of my inhibitions can go to the wind because there's not this, oh, it has to be perfect mm-hmm. kind of mentality behind it. So it opens up for a lot of, like, really interesting ideas to come out a lot more like experimental things and a lot of things that you're just not going to see in like the film community otherwise there's no pressure like when when you say the bar the bar is low that's I, a better not, way to phrase it that the pressure but it's not less an pressure. insult it is totally no. not an insult what i when when i interpret the bar is low is like it it there's no pressure yeah there's really there's no you, you don't have some studio exec it's like you know if you're given millions millions of dollars to create a movie or 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 whatnot in some ways your sort your creativity is compromised because you have to meet a bottom line yeah with making movies throughout the bay you're not there is no investors or that you have to quote unquote answer to i think the only thing you have to answer to is meet the deadline and show up on time <laughs> yeah i mean to a certain extent like elena you know puts a lot of uh her own blood sweat and tears and money mm-hmm. <laughs> into uh, into putting these things on so there's a certain element of like but again like she is really fantastic about fostering creativity and fostering like a community environment where you know really like everybody that shows up is like contributing and working very much together to create to create something in that six hour space, you know, as opposed to, you know, one person sort of having complete control and doing everything and the other people just for sort of, you know, being sp- strictly an actor or strictly whatever, like, um, 
you know, in both the films of mine that Veronica was in. The first one, Veronica, you had a smaller role, right? And um, in the in unsettled, unsettled spirit, spirit yeah. yes. Um, but I still was like, okay, so generally say this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you still like kind of had to, even though it was a, I, I won't even say you, you had to, you had to like kind of create this character, you know, that was this bar patron, <laughs> right? And and write the dialogue and just like, you know respond naturally the way that character would even in that yeah. little like short short there was no rehearsal because of the the nature of the challenge you basically had to recreate a character and and carry out that character like on the spot less than probably five minutes yeah exactly <laughs> and particularly with the character that's like bar patron number two yeah like <laughs> what's my motivation <laughs> jonathan what's what's her backstory I, th- I think I actually told you your motivation. <laughs> I was like, you are really annoyed at this person that's bothering you. That's like trying to chat with you during the poetry slam. <laughs> yeah. So even at that, like I, I still pay very much attention to actors and characters. And that kind of speaks to, I think, the bigger thing of making films on a budget. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and then in the, the other film, you know, throw the ball and run like we met beforehand. We like bounced ideas off each other. Um, a lot of the, the, the character development, not only for your character, but for a lot of the other characters was, you know, was like under you, <laughs> was in your, your domain. You know, I was like yeah. focusing on like story and scenarios and some of those sorts of things. Right. We lucked out. The thi- okay. Another thing with yeah. making movies throughout the Bay. Um, if you want to go to the website, movie, moviemakingbay.com. That's one word, moviemakingbay.com. Com. There's actually a fundraiser going. Yeah. If you want to, um, if you know, if this, if, if filmmaking is your passion, uh, filmmaking, uh, avant-garde filmmaking, um, filmmaking where it, you know, <laughs> it cut cut through the bullshit yeah. of Hollywood filmmaking. You just want like supporting supporting storytelling and grassroots filmmaking. Like this, this is the nonprofit to invest your dollars. And if you want to make a donation, just go to uh, moviemakingbay.com. Uh, dot com. Yes, and we'll we'll say the website again at the end of the end of the episode. Um, but what I let's see, what was I going with this? Um, Oh, throw the ball and throw the ball throw and run. Throw the ball and run. So with casting, with casting, when you go to these film challenges, you show up and you, some some it's it's uh, free. We do have a potluck, a potluck lunch. Either donate ten dollars or you bring bring a dish. Um, so you, it, there's a VIP ticket. If you buy the VIP ticket, you are uh, guaranteed a role and and lines. If you don't pay for that, your your um, your name is thrown into a hat, and you're you are randomly selected by the directors that day. Yeah. So the two actors <coughs> on our throw the ball and run were yes. randomly selected, and Vish and Royce, I believe. Yes, yeah. Royce. And Vish. Vish, yeah, Vish yeah. and Royce. They were randomly selected to be on our team, and it, it was just magic. You know, luck of the draw of the hat that those two were cat assigned to our film team, and they just matched perfectly to the characters that we wanted. One of the characters was, like, alpha male. Hmm. He wanted my job as, as captain, and uh, Royce... Uh, and I was like, "You're you're that guy." He he had the look, he had the attitude. I was like, "You're gonna be Royce," and and um, I'm gonna fish. Yeah, fish, fish with someone else. Well, I'll, t- yeah. I'll throw in really quickly okay. in there. Like that was really so. Veronica was doing most of the like working with the uh, performers and like the character yeah. stuff while I yeah. was like working on story and scenarios and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that separation, at the end of the day, I kind of thought Royce was a jerk. <laughs> just because he was doing such a wonderful job of, of playing that part. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I like this guy. And then like a couple days later, I'm like, oh, he, he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Too good. <laughs> he, he acts, right? That means he did his job. <laughs> exactly. 
And exactly. And Vish, he was like the nerd, the nerdy guy, the nerdy player. And I was like, oh, he he is my engineer player, and really play up the the scientific nerdy aspect yeah. of of that. And they yeah, they both did incredible incredible work in the time that we had. And budget wise, I mean, like without, I, I without bought getting, the ball. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was like a twelve dollar investment. Twelve dollar investment. <laughs> I still have that ball too. I'm like, I will not get rid of this. In terms of equipment, though, <laughs> it, it, you know, in terms of equipment, yes, I have equipment. I mean, yes, you have like the boom, the mm-hmm. the mic, your camera, the camera stand. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to film filmmaking on the budget and equipment, what's what's like like the staple that a filmmaker should be spending the most dollars to to like a staple like a foundation um, and it might be more it might be more but it, if you want to if you want to be stable like that's that's the equipment that you need to invest yeah. in well i mean really the the very very basics is like camera and microphone you know Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like the microphone I have is costs more than the camera um, because mm-hmm. like audio is so important and people like don't even think about that. Audio mm-hmm. is one of those things that you don't notice it when it's good. You never watch a film and go, wow, that's phenomenal audio. <laughs> right. But you notice when it's bad. <laughs> right. That, yes. I don't know if you've been a to lot, like different film a festivals. Lot, yeah. Or. You know, yeah. A lot of independent films. You could tell. You could tell by the budget, by their audio. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a dead giveaway. I mean, you can do a lot with, like, image, and especially, you know, 2019, all of the different, like, you know, uh, post plugins and things. You can mm-hmm. you can do a lot to, like, I don't want to say fix an image, but, like, to, to change it and alter it and make it, you know, work for the, the theme you're going yeah. for, right? And to stabilize it and do a lot of these other things. Yeah. Um, you know, with audio, it's like there's not a lot you can do. Um, you know, you can't make it fuller, you know, you can do a lot to change the quality of it, but you can't really like make it quote unquote better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and plus with, with the, the, the visual element, um, you know, you can, you can really do a lot more stylized things than you can with audio, um, and kind of get away with it. So I definitely recommend investing in like a good microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, a $300 mic, um, I bought my my camera. My, it's like no DSLR, and I bought it used at a pawn shop, like for three hundred dollars a couple of years ago, and it's still working very well and beautifully. Um, I have a little handheld setup. I have, um, you know, really sturdy, like professional, nice, you know, hundred dollar plus tripod, <laughs> right? Um, and then I've got a couple of like lights. I've got like a fill light and I've got a couple of key lights and that's kind of, you know, that's enough really. Um, What's a key light? Uh, so you know, the fill light like basically puts soft light on the, the whole room mm-hmm. like if you're filming in a room because if you work with a camera with just, you know, normal household lights, that's not enough light mm. um, to really get like a, a, a solid like quality image. You can do that and I totally have done that, especially mm-hmm. in like you know, bigger rooms that have like fluorescent lighting or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I generally don't like the quality of fluorescent lights, so I kind of do other stuff anyway, but there's enough light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but most sort of household rooms don't have enough light to really um, get a good image. Um, so I've got like a fill light that just fills the room with light, and then a couple of keys are. If I'm going, I'm going in for close-ups or if there's specific spots that I want to have um, more light in or stylized lighting in mm-hmm. um, to have to have like just different spots where I'm filling yeah. literally with yeah. um, more light or different kinds of light. So, but that being said too, like my camera like is not, it's, it's not the best camera on the market. You know, you can drop a couple thousand dollars and get cameras that give you, like, way sharper quality and lower light, too. So it depends on, you know, what you want your approach to be. Yeah, camera <coughs> camera equipment is probably another expense item that can get expensive. Yeah. Uh, what type of camera 
was uh, mm-hmm. throw the ball and run shot. It was uh, I know it was a cannon, but a what cannon t- T3I Rebel T3I? Oh, a Rebel. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the, the kind of older models. They don't make or sell that anymore. Oh as a matter of fact. <laughs> Like the T5, I think, is the, the, the lower end ones that you wow. can get now. But that's the thing. I mean, it's less about what you've got in, for gear and more about how you use it. You and, know? and for those who are listening, uh, so throw the ball and run was shot on a Rebel, yes. Canon Rebel, and it has won. It, yeah. it won our... our um, so with these film challenges at Making Movies Throughout the Bay, um, there's for every month there's a screening... And we won the March 2019 challenge, and I got, I was awarded uh, Best Actor for the month's film. I won Best Actor, and the film won Best Overall for March. And each film that wins for its month's challenge, you are automatically entered into the best of for for that year. Yeah. And it was shot on a Canon Rebel. (laughs) <laughs> and and it got into some other outside festivals and some yes. awards at what was the festival called? Yes. So uh, we that film was also entered into the Best Actors Film Festival. Uh, that is um, Sherry Carlson. She's the uh, uh, festival festival uh, curator director for that festival. And the thing yeah. with Best Actors Film Festival is that it is one of like I guess the as far as I know the only festival that celebrates actors. So you could submit a film with shit audio. <laughs> we just want to care about, we just care about the actors. Is the actor in, in relationship, how are they um, moving moving in the scene? You know, you can have bad sound, a bad script, or, or <laughs> and it's sometimes, sometimes an actor will say, if it's a bad script, the actor will save it. Uh, yeah. So we just, so that, fil- that Best Actors Film Festival uh, Google it is the the festival that celebrates um, actors, and we also give awards for best actor, uh, yeah. uh, best actor reel, and so we submitted uh, throw the ball and run to best actors film festival, and we we won best ensemble cast, best ensemble, yeah, for the 20, 2019. Which they had took me to the side and were like, you know, best ensemble really means best director, right? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it means Veronica who wrangled said, the actors. Said, I think I, I, I don't remember if it was Sherry or someone else, but someone said that. And I was like, someone I appreciate you. <laughs> and like, I also know like how much Veronica did with like the character and the, the performing and all of that, like just in just in general. So I was like, yeah. mm, OK, thank you. It was a good story, and it looks great. And that was the, the other thing too; it was a mockumentary style, so there was a lot of space for um, the actors to make the story and the characters very much their own, mm-hmm. which is a super helpful thing with no budget filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, right? there's a lot more freedom to be be playful and expressive and and focus on the story, whereas I've uh, you know, multi-million dollar Hollywood Hollywood movies with huge budgets. I'm I'm noticing that budget it compromises the story. Mm. So how are how are you as a filmmaker balancing those two elements between <clears throat> between like I get you know it would be nice it would be nice to get like a, a fifty thousand or million dollar. Movie movie financing, but um, how are you as a filmmaker um, balancing between budget and storytelling? Well, I mean, when you talked about like, oh, what's what's the budget look like, and what's sort of the like what you can get and all that, I know you were asking specifically about like equipment, Mm -hmm. Um, but so much of that, like, I think comes from um, comes from like. don't want to say just like sharing but um like sort of bartering <laughs> bartering right and doing a lot more uh like like exchanges with people um another director friend of mine chris price uh is working on a film right now and he got this really gorgeous bar location for you know big chunk of his film and really the kind of the crux moment in the film 
Um, and the setting is very, very important to that, right? Um, and he got this gorgeous, gorgeous bar. And in exchange for that, he's, like, making a, a little 30-second spot for them, you know? Again, super low budget, like, did it the same day while things were still set up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so things like that. And especially, like, you know... Um, there's another film that I'm working on that I wanted that I'm trying to get a cafe for and I'm approaching people with like, hi, my name's Jonathan. It's specifically in Oakland, right? Mm -hmm. The film very much like Oakland is kind of a character in the film, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I want to submit it a lot to Oakland festivals and I've been in, you know, Oakland and other Bay Area festivals like quite a bit at this point. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of approaching folks with that with that like, hey, I've been in these festivals and get a shot of your business in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it will be screening, like, several blocks from your business at some point, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, and kind of doing, like, some of those kinds of exchanges. So there's a lot of, like, exchange stuff happening. Um, and, again, it is just a beautiful thing when it's that kind of community and everybody, like, wants to help everybody, too, which yeah. kind of brings, brings us back to, like, MMTB and that mentality, but even taking that mentality outside. So mm -hmm. a lot of sort of, like, bartering and exchange of services without money being involved. Mm -hmm. um, is definitely a huge, huge factor. Um, but yeah, when you don't have a lot of like special effects or special effects that will be really, really good, there is like much more reliance on performers like Veronica and others that you know you can rely on to do a good job and need not even necessarily have to like direct or coach all that much, mm -hmm. right? Um, and also having a strong story, having a good script. Um, and really, I think the collaborative process helps a lot with that too. You know, um, the more open I am to other people's input, the stronger all of that tends to be. Yeah, with uh, throw the ball and run. Mm -hmm. we, I I remember we, like you and I were just at a separate. Uh, we're in San Francisco. We met up at a pub mm -hmm. in the Embarcadero, uh, sharing a Google Drive, and uh, the script was very. Um, outline-ish and of course shooting it is basically using a lot of improv Yeah. and I know some aspect we really wanted to get across with um, oh, me explaining the game in the, or in the origins Yeah. so there, there were some key bullet point lines that I, I needed to hit for sure but other than that it was just being in being in the moment, being present, letting go. Um, and yeah, we did a couple of takes, no. uh, for sure. Um, but it, I, I, there's nothing like that in Portland. Yeah. And I, that I'm like, oh, I wish there was something. <laughs> I want to call up Elena and just like get her a blessing and say like, we want, we want to, I want to do a film challenge like MMTB. MMTP. Yeah, or like <laughs> P PDX Film Challenge or, 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 or something. Okay. Not copy it exactly, because that would be like not to infringe on trademark or anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's definitely... You can affiliate and, yourself with it. And, and, I, be and there is a little film community in, in Portland, and, and it's there. I, I think something like, like a, a monthly film challenge, the way Elena ha had created, would really would really um, you know, uh, solidify and grow the Portland film community. Because, you know, there are some people, I've met some people, uh, they moved from L.A. and they're in Portland now. And, uh, and um, it's like, why, why are you in Portland? Like, shouldn't you be in L.A.? So, it's, it's, so some of them have actually, like, escaped <laughs> L.A., <laughs> escaped L.A., Re film refugees and they're in and they're in Portland. Nobody just, should be in LA. Just you know, just <laughs> you know, floating around, just floating around, lost. And I was like, you know, if we had like a film challenge to just get away from the bullshit, and and do what MMTB is doing. I mean, it again, like solidifying and organizing and bonding the film, just film communities in general and overall. And not just what's happening in the Bay Area, but in other, in other cities too. Yeah, that would be amazing. It would be amazing. But I think I mean I think that that's like just the art community in in, in the Bay in general, like mm -hmm. really, is so open to things like that happening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like 
whether it's like the film scene or the music scene or even just the art scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so much room for, you know, creativity and non-judgment and, and a lot of that that it really allows like artists of all, you know, um, forms to to like express themselves uh, in a very unique and interesting way. And it like allows space for things like that collective to happen, you know. Um, my roommate goes to a lot of these like amazing dance performances and other like art shows where I'm just like, so you're watching someone covered in clay like dance around the room. Like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> I want to go watch that, right? But it's just there's so much room for things like that, you know, that I think that the Bay Area is very special and unique. Um, and I feel like, too, like I'd go to Los Angeles and when I was trying to do film stuff down there, you know, a good 80% of the people were there for, like, reasons of ego or wanting to, like, you know, move their career forward, which mm-hmm. no problem with that whatsoever. Like, yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, it's its own thing, but it definitely, mm-hmm. like, creates a different atmosphere on the film than, like, you know, when 10% of the people are there for that reason and 90% of the people are there because they just they're really excited to to be there and they're in that space and they're mm-hmm. just thrilled about it you know and it becomes the energy is very very different you yeah, know definitely um and you did you start your film career in la and then moved up to the bay i did i don't think you might not have known that have i not told you about that no ah i was in los angeles and i made some terrible films there <laughs> <laughs> what, okay. Not Are not you... any less than I not any less terrible films than I made here, mind you, <laughs> but differently terrible. What, a terrible. Differently a, terrible. Terrible hell. Because I've I've only seen your work like up here in in the Bay, and they're you, and they're incredible. You have not seen the bad ones though. See, that's the thing with like, being able to experiment <laughs> is that there's a lot of bad ones that I can just be like those never existed, and they don't need we don't need to show people those. <laughs> <laughs> Film who should not be named. Yeah, and that, I mean yeah. that, that's just part of it. Again, like allowing myself to make a bad film every now and then. You know, like that's part of the creative process. I think, you know, and like I'm not gonna take as many chances if I don't allow myself to do that. Yeah. So, but LA was very different because I was like trying to make films to like sell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and wound up like making a lot of compromises. Whenever people are like going out to LA from here, mm-hmm. I always sort of have that thing of like, you know, you and I probably have very different values <laughs> and very different morals, but like, doesn't matter what they are. Like LA and the the system that's set up there will try and strip you of them in two seconds, and mm-hmm. it's like your job not to let them, you know. So. That's really hard. I. <laughs> it is so hard. I mean, with crea- creative types, generally they're like I'm. I'm, a, you know, I'm an artist myself. I'm. I'm sensitive. I think other artists are more sensitive than than others. Very more on the empathic spectrum, and and the people like general. Yeah. I'm speaking generally, but it's just a pattern that I am noticing that, you know. Uh, studio executives, people are on the higher up. Uh, higher ups are very on the sociopathic uh, spectrum, where uh, narcissistic, no sociopathic spectrum. Where if you're if you're an empath, um, I, it's kind of like a challenge to communicate to empaths the the insanity and scope that sociopaths does do not care about you. And empaths care too much. And it's hmm. even hard to communicate to empaths, like, what do you mean they don't care? They, <laughs> they, they don't. Not even a little? No. No? Nope. And they're, they are your studio executives. So it's like they give zero shits about your art and your feelings and your, um, they, you know, they, they're out for themselves. It's like a, you know, a self-centeredness beyond human compre- comprehension that an, an artist who's an empath who takes, takes in takes in a lot and you know take it personally and make it about yeah. make it about them I, I feel like out there's no training out there for empaths to how to na- navigate a narcissistic sociopathic world which I wish there was like some sort of a work um oh like a workshop there's there's books <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's books. a lot of books <laughs> 
which yeah, are reading, wonderful. Reading a book is one thing, but like putting it to practice, practice is yeah. cr- it's quite quite another. Mm-hmm. Um, how are how are you navigating that that world? Um, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I can definitely I can bounce back and forth between like empath and was a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> like I can bounce back and forth between that like pretty well, and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of my whole thing is like you know you talk about like studio execs and you know, sort of their perspective and all that. And I think that's where, like, a lot of the, you know, stripping of my, of, of the, the, the soul comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, like, you know, stripping of values comes mm-hmm. from. It's not necessarily that they're, like, intending to strip you of, you know, values and all yeah. of that. But they have their interests, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, they are pushing for their interests just like any human does, even empaths. Like, we're pushing for our interests we're pushing for our art right yeah um we're pushing for like our feels Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um so it's just kind of like understanding that that's the perspective that they're coming from and being able to like respond to that like with that knowledge rather than just kind of like fold to it or like completely push back Mm -hmm. you know and kind of find that like middle ground and middle spot and i was not able to do that (laughs) um and I did a lot of folding and like made a lot of compromises on films that, um, that just didn't sit well with me. So, is that what brought you to the Bay Area? Yes, as a matter of fact, I kind of like moved towards political activism, which is my career path now. But after a few years of doing that, I was like, I can't just not make films. So I connected with MMTB and the sort of communist model that they have. Um, and the freedom that they allow, like, artists and performers and, and all of that. Again, maybe not, like, the complete freedom, but the opportunity to work, like, collectively as artists as opposed to, like, you know, for this mm-hmm. outside entity of capitalism or the execs or whatever, right, mm-hmm. um, really spoke much more to the reason I got into it. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been doing that. And it's been amazing. <laughs> And Veronica's good at acting and being funny. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's see. So what, what, what projects are you working on right now? Okay. Well, um, the first thing I'll talk about is a film that we did last year um, called the, the Edge of the World. Uh, if you're in Oakland in the Bay Area... Um, next month, I want to say the 12th through the 21st, something like that, like two weeks, um, there's a festival called the Brainwash uh, Festival, which is great. It's like no pretension whatsoever. The films are like outside in this NIMBY, which is an artist space. Um, and like the award ceremony is like literally done like outside in a parking lot. It's beautiful, right? <laughs> Like no That's black red. tie, no prestige. <laughs> it's in the, the one, lot. <laughs> it's great. I love it so much. It's so beautiful. It's like these awesome. these glorious like you know people who've been in film and been like artists for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. supporting this that run it and they're amazing people, Dave and Linda. Um, and um, so that film is going to be in there. Um, that that festival is also celebrating their 25th anniversary this year, which is super exciting. Hey. Um, I've been to that festival a bunch of times. I love it. Mm-hmm. I strongly encourage y'all to go. Um, and this film that I made, uh, The Edge of the World, that, fe- that features my wonderful friends, Aubrey McCoy and Kayla uh, Michelle. Um, that film's going to be in there. Um, so come check that out. Uh, but then what else I'm working on right now? Um, just did another MMTB project. And I've been, I've been experimenting with, uh, you know, split screen stuff and two actors playing or one actor playing two roles for both mm. of these films. So mm, okay. one is nice. a film where um, uh, I've got this farmhand that is terrible at their job. And uh, then the same person, uh, Michaela Friedman, is the performer in that one, um, like has to like fire herself. And that's hilarious, I think. Yeah. Um, and just like, yeah, that's that's a very character driven piece. This character, Trudy, that she created just makes makes the film um so there's that one and that's going to be screening in october i think with mmtb um and then there's another film that uh i'm doing a similar thing with where um again previously mentioned kayla michelle um plays 
her sort of, you know, real world, you know, repressed character and then her id that follows her around and like verbalizes all of her innermost desires. And that's hilarious, I think. Um, that's going to be a really funny one. But again, a lot of the challenge with that is like, okay, I got to block these so that I can actually have like Kayla in this part and this part and, yeah. you know, um, block all of that off. But again, that's part of the beauty of like 2019 is I can, you know, set up shots that, that do that very well. And it's much, much easier to take a shot and isolate just, you know, this one part of it and this one performer, even if they're moving, doing motion tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to like isolate that and, and have that interaction happening much more realistically than it was even like five, seven years ago, especially for a budget for no money. So, oh, that's the other thing, editing software. I edit on Sony Vegas. It's beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I do that because I mostly like came up doing audio engineering. Mm -hmm. um, And that's the program that kind of most resembles that. Um, I know a lot more people are comfortable with uh, Adobe products or, um, you know, Final Final Cut or a lot of those things. And that's great. Um, Sony Vegas, you know, the the way they've improved over the last, like, decade, some of the new plugins they have, some of the new tools are glorious. And plus, um, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, outside plugins that, that work really well with it. Their plugins, eh, but, like, the, the outside plugins that, that, work, that work well with it, spot on. Nobody can see that I'm, like just doing this this motion that's like this is glorious so there you go awesome so we're gonna take a break and i don't have sponsors i'll make one up <laughs> so. i'll send you a fake commercial you can throw in the middle oh can you <laughs> okay i make no i will not let's discuss it off the air okay we're gonna be back okay all right back hello hello so in this part the this next segment this next segment of the show we're going to talk about um the challenges of filmmaking on a budget Mm -hmm. and also how it impacts um, personal recovery so uh, Jonathan is also a person in recovery, as well as me. I am a person in recovery, um, recovering from being affected by um, someone's problem drinking. I may have, I, you know, I may not be the person who, uh, you know, drank in excess where it affected my life. I was de- deeply, deeply affected where even though I wasn't the problem drinker my, myself, I had the same adverse reactions to alcohol. So basically it was like, you know, if I had an emotional connection with someone and, and they drank, I changed. I did judgment, counting, counting drinks, um, fixing, managing, controlling. I was just an, an, uber, an uber bitch <laughs> and um, completely justified. I was so right and they were so wrong and... That I agree. That I believe that you were completely right. <laughs> <laughs> closer, closer. Oh yeah, it's closer. I agree. So, so, um, <laughs> so uh, uh, like briefly, like your your recovery, okay, recovery um, path. So, I uh, I'm recovering from like uh, addiction, various substances, various various like different substances, but mostly like the emotional and. Uh, spiritual and like mental ailment that is uh, addiction right um, and that like causes the line of thinking that leads to substance abuse and those sorts of things um, and at this point like I've been in recovery and and uh, you know abstinent long enough that it's really more of a personal growth tool than anything else <clears throat> and the personal exploration tool but yeah that's sort of my my uh, my recovery in a nutshell. So this very synopsized version. 
so w- without getting into like the whole drama on how uh, drug drugs and alcohol affected you, I wanted to I wanted to touch on like how has your recovery affected your filmmaking before you got into recovery and after you got into recovery? Well, I really wasn't doing it. I really wasn't doing it before I before I got into recovery. Oh. Uh, it was one of those things that like. Uh, was something that was like way back in my psyche that I'm like, oh no, I can never do this. Mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, once my my life expanded beyond just like four walls and 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 substances, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the things that like popped into my purview uh, very, very, very broadly and very adamantly. Um, I will never be able to relate to, and I've worked with a lot of people who, you know. Uh, use a lot of substances and still like make films and go and do these things and I just mm-hmm. do not understand like how you can how one can be productive mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just yeah. a mentality that is like super foreign to me because mm-hmm. I cannot experience that you know mm-hmm. so um, so I mean that's sort of the, the basic like oh it you know opened the doors for me to actually be able to pursue like art and it's definitely served as a, uh, a wonderful uh, catharsis and a wonderful like way to express myself and way to explore um, my own feelings and emotions uh, mm-hmm. when I don't feel like doing it directly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Several months later, be like, oh no, that's the th- that's what the emotion I was feeling. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Wow, I was angry. The, the, deli- <laughs> the delayed response. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, filmmaking in recovery. This like your art form, your your channel, all all good. However, I you know what I've experienced is even like st- stand up is my 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 outlet. Yeah. I still have the challenges, and when I'm facing challenges in my art form, my those defects of character come up mm-hmm. and I want to act, um, act out where I'm, I may not be acting out through drugs and alcohol, but I'll act out emotionally. Like I'll take it out on someone that, yeah. that I love and it has nothing to do with them. It's like, well, you're in front of me. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what, what challenges have you faced in filmmaking where, it's um, coming head to head with your recovery and how, how are you navigating that? Um, well, I mean, I think the biggest thing that has served like both my life and my art that has come out of recovery is being able to like drop ego. Mm. And again, not to say that like that happens naturally. It totally doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, especially if I've got um, I can obsess on an idea, you know, and I can get really, really obsessive on like um filmmaking and the process and a lot of those sorts of things like I'll I think every filmmaker recovery otherwise has the experience of like I just spent eight hours in front of a computer and that one second is perfect (laughs) (laughs) I'm just obsessed on that one second of film like so much that it got perfect and like definitely learning that I mean again that can like serve me or it cannot (laughs) right Um, but uh, definitely learning how to like be okay with imperfections and be okay with the film not looking the way that I necessarily had in mind years ago or months ago, but having it still be its own beautiful entity um, and and all that. And again, I think like um, a lot of the sort of ideas of recovery, sort of the the honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, like being in that mindset while I'm working collaboratively Um, creates uh, creates a piece of art that is like much more honest and much more engaging and um, much much more like what that piece of art was intended to be than if I try to you know take the reins and take control of it. Yeah. You know, um, I can let it exist in the ethos and have everyone you know play their role and do their part, <clears throat> um, and put something together that's really amazing and beautiful. Aww. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> and, and it has definitely shown. Um, you've, several of your films have gone on to film festivals and, and won awards um, yeah. itself. Um, 
I think maybe too on the flip side, like a lot of my films have like, even though even when I'm making comedy things, they're mm-hmm. still they still deal with like very serious subject matter, mm-hmm. and they're they're you know very kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of dark comedy, <laughs> just because like I don't feel like you can deal with a serious topic in a comic way and not have it be dark comedy, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I also like want to deal with like real issues and real things, and whether it's like interpersonal or or societal or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, made a film a couple of years ago that was like sort of a parody of the, you know, um, we're going to take back our, our performance space from this big corporate giant that wants to then like have a goofy competition that like yeah. is, you know, a poetry off. It was in that particular <laughs> film. But really that film was like about, you know, gentrification, like pretty directly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and like artists being removed from artist space in favor of like capitalist entities and things like that. And I don't know, I feel like it may be like a stretch, but it's like dealing with, you know, real, real world stuff that actually like matters and people are passionate about. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that the fact that like, the fact that I do have an opportunity to like look at myself and defects and those sorts of things and look at like real world impact leads me to want to actually do films that have some kind of substance. Yeah. Or occasionally not. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so that brings me to Night, Night Watch. Mm-hmm. Working title is Night Watch. Night Watch is based on, uh, it's a short film based on personal dating, dating and recovery. Hmm. You know, what does that, what does that look like? What does that mean to me? And I've actually, I had an experience, not going to give it away, but I did have a, a dating experience where, um, you know, I had a expectation that I did, didn't know that I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it just reveals itself in the most bizarre, bizarre way. And this film that I wrote was based on that dating experience. Um, and so I reached out, I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. One, you're a director and you're in recovery. And, and the film does have recovery, recovery themes where I, I have, I have seen, movies like like you know the hollywood version of recovery movies and yeah as a person in recovery i always feel that they're missing something oh well i mean they're always missing something and i maybe i don't know maybe if some of the elements is like okay someone needs to be in recovery to actually get those new like nuances but what i haven't seen that i really want want to address is like dating mm-hmm. dating and, and recovery now there is a film there is a film oh. I think it's thanks for sharing have you heard, seen that it's I have Ra- not but I'm intrigued Ralph is the the dude that that plays Hulk and he's in the Avengers oh, oh um he's in it and Tim Robbins is in it yeah no, I know what you're talking but about Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, yeah, yes. he plays he plays a recovering sex sex addict. I can see and, that. And um, not going to give it away, but you know, the whole time I'm watching I'm watching that film. The whole time I'm watching that film, it was just like, like oh, they could have gotten a little bit, a little bit um, deeper. And what I what I don't see a lot is recovery from the friends. Well, never. I've never seen a mm. film where it's recovery from the friends and family. Those who are affected by alcohol and drugs. I, yeah. Every every recovery movie I've ever seen is either drinking, drugs, and well, you know, this was new. Um, uh, sex addict, anonymous, like um, meeting. I don't have that experience, so I can't really. I I'm not in the position to speak on that. But I I I don't see I don't see movies about people in recovery on the friends and family side. Hmm. Hence this this screenplay that I wrote. Um, addresses that. Well, on, on a personal note, I would recommend When a Man Loves a Woman because <laughs> that pretty well addresses like friends and family and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's a balance. It's like a little bit of both. But not, but not explicitly. Not, yeah. Not like, you know, you see a scene where it's recovery from the friends and family family yeah you know, re- re- you know. That, that film's kind of a good balance but it's also like super 90s and again like i don't <laughs> like, no film can really like hit the nail on the head honestly i feel like 
when they do it best is when it's sort of like an ancillary part of it and it's mm-hmm. not like sort of the main plot and it's something that's like happening like in the background. Yeah. Because then they're not, they don't really have to get like super deep to be accurate if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, show someone like talking about when I was six, I did this and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's that, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> and any movie that I have seen, they'll show the family dis- dysfunction, but not really, but not really showing like there's a recovery aspect to this. They don't show the person no in reco- in recovery. If they do show family dis- dysfunction type drama movies, they'll show either like it's it's the family member in in recovery. They don't yeah. show they don't show the mom and dad in their own recovery. It's, I still see this blame. I mean, even in the filmmaking, in the <coughs> filmmaking, if they do family dysfunction or recovery, recovery movies, they don't show friends and family yeah. struggling themselves or in recovery themselves. Yeah. But it's still like, oh, it's your, it's your issue. It's your fault. Yeah. Well, and I Which think I, I hope like with night with Nightwatch starts getting the. Uh, the conversation going that there is there is solutions for friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I definitely see that a lot, like, in your script. Mm-hmm. I feel like that general, you know, um, atmosphere that you're talking about in, like, you know, films that deal with recovery is really, like, symptomatic of, um, I mean, Hollywood's need to have, like, okay, we have good... We have uh, protagonists and villains, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they, have, they have to, like, paint every character with this very broad, like, this is a good guy or a bad guy kind of brush, yeah. you know? Um, and, like, they try to make that stuff very clear. So very typically, you know, like, one or the other will sort of be, like, the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, depending on, like, who the protagonist is, if mm-hmm. it's, like, the family member or if it's the recovering uh, person, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... So I think because of that dynamic, you don't really get any sort of accurate picture. You just get, this is the person. You just get, like, this is the good guy and this is the bad guy, <clears throat> you know. And that's depressing. And, yes, changing things. <laughs> I'm all for that with Nightwatch. <clears throat> I also think, and I don't know if this was your intention with the script. I've mentioned this to you before. Like, I know that you're. it's a very, like, personal story, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, very, the, the emotions are very, very real and very prevalent and I can see that in the script super well Mm -hmm. and there are just some like beautifully comic moments (laughs) that are just like so the fact that what makes them so like funny and comic is that they are like so real Mm -hmm. and so like relatable like oh my god I have been in that really awkward position myself (laughs) (laughs) quite a few times and like it's hilarious to step back and like look at it I guess from another perspective right 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 um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's it's definitely like a very real script and a very honest script and a very emotional script, but also like very also like funny in a lot of in a lot of ways too. Cool. And I'm looking forward to doing more with it. Yes. And talking sure. more about it when the mics aren't rolling. Yeah, yeah, and then we will <laughs> definitely be revealing more like once we're in production. Sorry. <laughs> There's me apologizing. No, <laughs> we're speaking vague for sure, but we we did we wanted to cover, you know, reco- recovery in the Hollywood um, setting as as well. Yeah. What's what's next for for you as we wrap up? Um, I mean, some of the projects I talked about, you know, are kind of on the forefront. I'm, you know, there may be a couple other festivals coming up later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, some films we did last year, including. Uh, Hopefully, I've been submitting um, Unsettled Spirit, the other film that you were in, uh, around a bit more, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully that yeah, gets a, that gets a bit of play. Um, and we still have uh, still have a feature on the horizon, which is a, uh, a pro-feminist, sex-positive musical with puppets, <laughs> which wow. will be a lot of fun. That's um, awesome! Yeah, collaborating with. That a whole like lot of, like, like a, a very diverse production team on that. So, Avenue yay. Q? Like Avenue Q? Kind of. I would say less, like, less shock value and uh-huh. more, like, realities oh, kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. More, like, it's definitely still going to be, like, it's still for adults, but it's yeah. for adults in the sense that, like, it's adult emotions <laughs> mm. rather than, like, just necessarily, like, the shock value. Mm. So. I like that. Yeah. 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 Even though it does have puppets in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. 
But the puppets are cute and adorable. Um, if people want to check out your films, where, where can they go? Um, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Jonathan P. Ritter. Um, you can see a lot of like trailers and uh, some of my older films up there. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a Facebook page for a film I made a couple years ago called The End of Dr. Hero that was a pretty big one that did a lot of festival run. Uh, so you can go check some of that stuff out, which is another film that's very much about, um, you know, insecurities and all of that, but almost kind of like mocking insecurities, mocking like the <laughs> fragile white male ego, which is so much fun to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely like a lot of like avenues to do that. And of course, you know, keep an eye on that MMTB page. You can see a lot of my trailers and films up there, too, as well as upcoming MMTB screenings that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. And you could check me out at www.vcomedy.com that's V as in Victor E-E-C-O-M-E-D-Y dot com thanks guys for listening want to say bye alright I'm more <laughs> wondering why it can't be V for Veronica why it has to be V for Victor I always say V for Victor Okay. Victorious. Victor's. Victor <laughs> seems like a cool guy. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>